Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Today we're in the third week of our series called, If Only I Had Known. If only I had known. And the goal is, the, the older you get, you come to this place in time and life, you're like, man, if I only I'd known. If only I'd known that. Or if only I'd known, I wouldn't have done that. Or if only I had known, I would have started doing that, right? If only I had known, I would have bought Apple stock back in the 80s, right? Even though I was only like eight. Um, if only I had known, you know, like there are so many things we would do or wouldn't do. I wouldn't paint my room in lead paint. Um, it explains a lot, but if only I had known. And today I want to talk to you about shower doors and skimmers, shower doors and skimmers. I work out on a fairly consistent basis with some guys um, from our church. We have a good time. We laugh a lot and work out some is kind of our uh, mantra. And as we work out, uh, a lot of times we will go to the locker room and get ready. And one of those days, it was me and a guy, some of you may know, his name's Stephen Ragsdale. And we're getting ready and I, I, I jump in the shower and as I'm in the shower, I can see above the door. And I'm not a pervert, but I can see above the door, right? Like I'm like, oh, hi, hi, hi. It's probably more awkward I'm like making eye contact with people. Um, but I'm like, hey, um, what's going on? And so I see Stephen go across the way into a shower and so I start showering really fast because when I see Steven walk in, I'm like, this would be great if I shower really fast and pull a prank on Steven. So I'm showering, I dry off as fast as I can, wrap my towel around me, and sure enough, I look over, Steven's still showering. He's doing this. And as I walk to the locker, I grab his shower door and just open it as wide as possible. And I keep walking, and he's still sudsing up. And I, you know when you do something and you're like, yeah, this is a good moment, right? And I'm making myself laugh, which happens a lot. Um, I'm giggling and I'm smiling ear to ear. And I walk around the corner and they're half dressed as Stephen Ragsdale. <laughs> Hand to God. <laughs> and I go, what are you doing here? He goes, what do you mean what am I doing here? I'm like, you're in the shower. He's like, no, I'm not. I'm like, I just opened your shower door wide open. He's like, well, wasn't mine, you big dummy. I'm like, I know it's not yours. <laughs> Some of you are wondering when this happened, two weeks ago, <laughs> two weeks ago. So if you are at Foundations Church um, or you're watching online and somebody opened your shower door, I'm sorry. <laughs> Please keep coming. Please keep attending. And, and, and why, did, why did this happen? Why did something this dumb happen? Um, and I, I got an explanation because it's been happening my whole life, right? I'm a prisoner of this. If it's funny, I'll do it. If it's funny, I'm in. I might go to jail, right? But I'm, it's gonna be worth it. Um, but really, I, I wanna talk to you about something that a lot of us get caught up in and we get caught up in the moment. Right, we get caught up in the emotions of the moment. We let emotions dictate our decisions. And when we do, we open doors we shouldn't, right? <laughs> we make choices we shouldn't. D, you gotta stop laughing because I'm trying to get it together. 
And today I wanna talk to you, and it's my first point, and it simply is this, if only I had known that when emotions run my life, I get consumed with the moment and lose sight of what is meaningful. If only I would have known this earlier, man, if only I would have known that when emotions run my life and I get consumed with the moment, I lose sight of what is really, really meaningful. Emotions are a part of life. This is not a sermon to tell you not to feel. This is not a sermon that's telling you all emotions are bad. But we've gotta learn to deal with all the emotions. For the most part, I think we can all agree that there are negative emotions and positive emotions. And negative emotions, we really, for the most part, try to deal with, we try to avoid. Um, Those emotions can range from anger and you getting mad. Um, Some of those can be you feeling fearful and anxious, you feeling overwhelmed, discouraged. Um, For some of us, it's we get stressed out and maxed out, right? And, And there's emotions, even the emotion of loss, something that you feel can definitely have negative consequences, so we try to avoid these emotions and not let these emotions have a lot of room in our life, but the opposite is true as well. Good emotions can have bad consequences, right? Just like me getting excited and thinking something in the moment, and I'm opening the door of a perfectly naked stranger that I don't know had a bad consequence, Right, there's moments we get excited and we get caught up in the moment and we do something stupid. Why, because we were excited. You go on a first date with a girl or a guy and you're like, this is the one. This is the one, I found him. I found her. I've been praying that I would meet a girl. God told me that I would marry a girl named Sheila and I'm on a date with a girl named Sheila. And you tell her. You're the one, I love you. (laughs) Oh, it's happened, I'm not making stuff up, this has happened. And that girl never calls you back, she ghosts you for good reason, why? Because you got caught up with the infatuation and the love of the moment and you did something stupid that you let a regret and you're just like, man, if only I had known to not let my emotions run my life, and when emotions run your life and you get caught up in the emotion of the moment, can I tell you, regret and inconsistency will also be the reality of your life. And there's a great passage of scripture between two brothers that illustrates this so well, and it's found in Genesis chapter 25, verse 27 through 34, about two brothers named Esau and Jacob. As the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful skillful hunter, He was an outdoorsman, but Jacob had a quiet temperament, preferring to stay at home. Isaac, the dad, loved Esau because he enjoyed eating the wild game that Esau brought home, but Rebekah loved Jacob. So so here's what we got. Let Let me interpret this for you out of the Justin Graves version of the Bible. Esau is a man's man, and Jacob is soft, right? Jacob's a mama's boy, and Esau is a man's man. I gotta find my place. So one day, when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau arrived home from the wilderness, exhausted and hungry, and Esau said to Jacob, I'm starved. Give me some of that red stew. This is how Esau got his other name, Edom, which means red. All right, Jacob replied, but trade me your rights as the firstborn son. 
Look, I'm dying of starvation, said Esau. What good is my birthright to me now? But Jacob said, first you must swear that your birthright is mine. So Esau swore an oath, thereby selling all his rights as the firstborn to his brother Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew, and Esau ate the meal, then got up and left and showed contempt for his right as the firstborn. Let's understand what the big deal is that is happening right now that, that is concerning the birthright. The birthright was a special honor given to the firstborn son. It included a double portion of the family inheritance, right? So like when mom and dad die and everything's proportioned out, the firstborn son gets a double portion. I am not a fan of this as the baby of the family, right? And then he becomes, he gets the honor of becoming the family's leader. I call bull. I, there's no way I'm following my sister on any, I'm, no, it's not happening. The oldest could give or sell it away, but they would sell both material goods and their leadership position. Esau let the emotion of the moment distort his perspective, and he gave away what was really important and meaningful for what? For a bowl of soup. For a bowl of bean soup. Now, if I'm gonna trade this, I'm gonna make sure it's worth it, right? I'm like, not a bowl of beans. Like, it's gonna be some steak and at least some dessert involved in this bad boy. He gets it for a bowl of beans and a piece of bread and you can have it all. And Esau shows us something that a lot of us do when we let emotions take over and when we get caught up in the emotion of the moment, he gives up what he wants most and what is meaningful for what is available now and what's easy. And there's a lot of us that we have compromised and we have gone down a path and we've gone down a road because that's where our emotions were leading us. And this isn't just an Esau problem. There's a lot of us that we have given up what is the most significant thing, the most meaningful thing, the thing that you know the Lord is calling you to, the, Lord, the Lord's will for your life. Why did you give up on it? Why did you like forfeit it? Why did you get off the path? Because you went after something that was easy and convenient and available now. And this isn't just an Esau problem, this is an us problem. We get caught up in the moment all the time. If you don't believe me, go to Target one morning when they get a new shipment of red and pink Stanley Cups. I, I, I don't understand this one. Um, and, and there are people that will wait hours and hours and hours for a red and pink insulated Stanley Cup because it has a special meaning or status or something like that. And so what is happening, people are buying these and they're selling them on eBay and people are buying them on eBay for $300 to $400. I'm like, you're dumb. If you bought a cup, I'm sorry. Um, but, and some of you are like, well, I would never buy a cup, but you waited in line in 2019 at Popeye's for that chicken sandwich for hours and hours and hours and people are fighting and honking and they're having to limit how many chicken sandwiches somebody can buy because everybody's buying the chicken sandwich and people are getting in fights. And you know that ain't better than Jesus' chicken at Chick-fil-A, right? That Chick-fil-A sandwich is better anyways. Why, why do these things happen? Why do we run after these things? Because we are prisoners of the, of the moment. We allow our emotions to run the show and dictate decisions. And I'm not talking about a Stanley Cup and I'm not talking about a Chick-fil-A or a Popeye sandwich today. I'm talking about something bigger. I'm talking about your relationships. 
I'm talking about your purpose. I'm talking about what God's purpose and will is for your life. And the Bible says this in Ephesians chapter five. It's one of my favorite verses. Don't live as the unwise, but as the wise. Making the most of every opportunity. And so you're never gonna make the most of every opportunity and you're never going to live like the wise as long as you're allowing your emotions and the emotion of the moment to dictate your actions and your decisions. Because when we get emotional and our emotions are out of control, there's two things we lose control of first. And the first one is this, we lose control of our mouths. When we get mad, when we get angry, first thing to go is our mouth and our words. We let things spew, we let things go. When I was watching the Dallas Cowboys play the Green Bay Packers, um, I wanted to say so many things, and some people were saying so many things. Right, we, we get angry and we let things go. We get angry, we get upset, and we call people names. We spread rumors, we say hateful things, we accuse, we get extreme, and we go there and we don't allow our mouths to catch up with our emotions because our emotions are dictating the words that are coming out of our mouth. And when your emotions let your words get out of control, can I tell you, it's not long before everything gets out of control. And James chapter three says this about the power of your mouth and your words. It says, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the wicked parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body and it can set your whole life on fire for it is set on fire by hell itself. Proverbs 18, verse six through seven says this, fool's words get them into constant quarrels and they are asking for a beating. Amen. Teenagers, you need to hear that. Um, the mouth of fools are their ruin and they trap themselves with their lips. You know, verse 21, the tongue can bring death or life and those who love to talk will reap the consequences. And the words you speak and the things you say will dictate where your life is going and whether you are speaking life into your relationships or whether you are killing your relationships. What you say matters. And here's the big deal about that. What you say matters because once it's out, you got to deal with it. Once you let the words go, you got to deal with it. And, so, and you can say you're sorry, but you can't take it back. Damage has been done. You can apologize, but damage has been done. Once you let the rumors go out, once you do the name calling, once you go to the extreme, listen to me, the damage has been done and now you're having to do damage control because you're speaking death into your relationships. Parents, you're speaking death into your relationship with your kids. Spouses, you're speaking death to your relationships with one another. We're speaking life or death in our workplace, whether we're the employee or the employer and what you are speaking, it matters. Some of us, we are getting excited in the moment and we're committing to doing this and we're committing to doing that and we're over committing ourselves and the reason our life feels overwhelmed is because you've never learned to say the word no, 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 junior, right? You got to learn to say no so that there are some parameters that come into your life and as your words go, your life goes. 
And when your emotions are driving your words in your mouth, it's gonna drive your relationships. Some of you lose it and you've got no filter. You just lose it on people because you get frustrated. And you say this, I hear this all the time. Well, my emotions got the best of me. Well, guess what? We're not down in FC Kids where that's okay. That's what kids say. That's not what grown adults say. That's, that's not an excuse. Paul said this in the middle of 1 Corinthians 13. He said, when I was a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, and I understood like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things, right? And some of us, it's time today to put away the childish ways that we are communicating when we get angry, when we get frustrated, when we get mad, and it's time for us to grow up. The second thing, I gotta keep going, um, is our choices. When our emotions get out of control, our choices get out of control. Listen, your life is the sum total of the choices you make. That's it. Your life is not made up of your good intentions. It's not made up of your good plans that you had. It is all made up of the choices you have made. As your choices go, so will your life go. Aaron Renfro, one of my buddies, um, he's got a pool. And in his pool, he forgot to clean out the skimmer basket. And you've seen these. When the, when the cold weather came in a few weeks ago and his skimmer basket's full of leaves and as a result, the water couldn't get to the pump and the heater and it froze his heater and his pump up because he didn't keep this clear. So it couldn't work because there was too much junk in it. And these things are, are simple piece. I mean, this is 25 piece of equipment that has a major, major benefit to it because it keeps all the junk out of your pool from interrupting the flow of everything and interrupting things getting into the pump and doing damage. And can I tell you, when your emotions are out of control, we've got to learn to deal with what we feel. And how you deal with what you feel is you've got to get filters in your life that aren't around your life, that you don't know that you need to put in your life, but that you actually put in place in your life. So let me give two filters that will help us deal with what we feel. The first one is this, don't be manipulated by your mood, but ask the question, is it true? Don't be manipulated by your feelings, by your emotions, by your mood, but take a step back, pause, and ask, is it true? Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. The Bible's saying this, guard your feelings, Guard your emotions, guard what's going on because as your emotions go, if you don't have a skimmer, if you don't have a filter for it, so goes your life. I hate feeling manipulated. To be manipulated means this, it means being misled or influenced in an unfair and inaccurate way. And sometimes, if we're not careful, our feelings can lie. It doesn't mean that your feelings aren't true it doesn't, excuse me, it doesn't mean that your feelings aren't real. It just doesn't mean that how you feel doesn't mean that it is true. Just because you feel a certain way doesn't make that way true. And when you are coming to a place where emotions are coming up, you better have a filter in place where you take a step back and you ask, is it true? Well, what determines what is true? First Peter chapter four, verse two says this, from now on then you must live the rest of your earthly lives controlled by God's will and not by human desires, human feelings, human emotions. Romans eight, verse six or eight says, if our minds, if our lives are ruled by our desires, our feelings, our emotions, we'll die. But if our minds are ruled by the spirit, the Holy Spirit, we have, here's the trade-off, life and peace. I'll take a 
portion of that police, right? Our desires fight against God because they do not and cannot obey God's law. If we follow our desires, we cannot please God. So who determines what is true? Two things, but the first one is this, the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit does. He will show you what is actually true and not what you feel is true. John chapter 16, verse 33 says this, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. Everybody say all. Into all the truth, full and complete truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but he will speak whatever he hears from the Father, the message regarding the Son. And he will disclose to you what is to come in the future. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. There's a popular trend right now that says, well, that's true for me, right? That's, that's my truth. What's true for you may not be true for me. Thank God that's not what we're talking about today. Because if you are going to push back on this and say, well, Justin, just because you say that doesn't mean it's true. You're right. But this is what the word of God is saying, right? And what the Holy Spirit says, Ian, just giving you a truth, what he is saying is truth. And if you are saying, well, I'm finding my truth or that's not true for me, here's what is happening in that very moment. You are being manipulated by your mood. You're being manipulated by your emotions, by how you feel, and you need to take a step back, hit the brakes, don't pass go, don't collect $200, take a step back and ask, Holy Spirit, is this true? Is this true? And some of you, you grew up hearing about the Holy Spirit, and you're like, it's about to get weird in here. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit's not weird. People are. And one of the descriptors that Jesus gives to the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And he will guide you in what is true. And here's the other pushback I will give you today. I hear people say this, well, the Holy Spirit told me this, and it's totally not biblical. Are you sure the Holy Spirit spoke that to you? Did you eat a bunch of enchiladas last night, right? Like something's something's talking to you. And I've had people come up and say, well, I just don't feel in love, and the Lord told me it was okay to get a divorce. Not because there's abuse happening, not because there's, but because I don't feel like being married anymore. And and here's what I would tell you. The Holy Spirit is never going to contradict the word of God. He's never gonna go against what the word of God says concerning your finances, concerning your habits, concerning your choices, concerning your relationships, concerning your personal life and your public life. And it brings me to our second filter of how to learn to deal with what we feel is the Bible brings boundaries that are more about protecting than restricting. Man, the Bible is there to do good, not to do harm, to lead you in a way that Benefit your life, yes, but that people would see your good deeds and it would glorify him. Right? It's not just about being beneficial for you, but it's about you following God's will and surrendering to his lordship, and that means surrendering your will to what his word says. Here's what the Bible says about the word of God, Psalms 119, 105. The, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. When I don't know where to go, the Bible can show me where 
to go. Psalms 33 verse four says, for the word of the Lord holds true and we can trust everything he does. If you're a mistrusting person in this place because you've been hurt, because you've been burned, because you've been uh, uh, hurt by other churches and other pastors, stop putting on God what man has done to you and another church has done to you and step into the relationship Jesus has for you and the word of God says you need to have. Second Timothy chapter three says this, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It brings correction. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. That's what I love. It doesn't just point what you're doing wrong. It says, no, 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 go this way instead. Right? Anybody can tell you what you're doing is wrong, but the Bible, the great thing about it, it's showing you what to go do that is right. God uses the word of God to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. It is there to benefit your life. Hebrews chapter four, verse 12, God's word is alive and working and is sharper than a double-edged sword. It cuts all the way into us where the soul and the spirit are joined to the center of our joints and bones and it judges the thoughts and feelings in our hearts. Did you hear that last line? It judges the thoughts and feelings in our hearts. Listen to me. You've got to have the word of God. You've got to have this filter in your life. You can't have it around. A filter around doesn't do any good. It's not enough to know why I really need a filter. That doesn't do you any good. But you gotta get the word of God in your life. The psalmist says, your word have I hidden my heart. I've, I possess it, but I'm hiding it. I'm placing it in my heart so that I may not sin against God. And some of us, we keep complaining about God not speaking to us and talking to us and leading us, but our Bible has stayed closed. And that would be like me complaining that nobody's texting me when my cell phone is off. That make any sense? Open the word of God, but don't just open it. Don't just know it. Don't just have it around, but have it in your life. I close with this and I'm done. Some of you don't believe me. You can believe me. I'm not good at putting things together, which I know is a shocker for most of you here, because um, you see me as an Esau guy and not a Jacob guy. So, um, and when I'm putting things together, um, I have to read the step-by-step instructions. And I remember very early on when Casey and I were married, we, had, we didn't have any money. And we're sitting there and we bought this towel rack for our bathroom from Target. It was $30. And I started getting to work and I was like, hey, I got this figured out. And I got to kind of the final steps and I glued, do you remember the glue for the, like the, the really cheap board that's kind of like a cardboard that looks like wood, but it's not. And that's what you have in cheap furniture. Some of you are like, I've never seen that in my life. Must be nice to be rich. Anyways, I glue this thing on I turn it around, I'm getting ready to put the door on that kind of closes the towels in and it's backwards. Some of you are like, well, just go buy a new one, it's $30. Did you not hear me? We didn't have no money. And I was like, well, I mean, it will hold towels and Casey's so nice, she's like, it's, it's okay, babe. I still love you. You're still a man. 
Am I? I mean, can I? <laughs> Why did it go wrong? Because somewhere I stopped reading the instructions. I thought I could do it on my own. I got it from here. And some of us, that's what we've done. Well, I, I know. And you've stopped putting the Word of God and the Holy Spirit in your life as a filter when your emotions are out of control. And as a result, some things in your life got turned backwards. But here's the great thing. Unlike my towel drawer and thing, you got a God that is capable of the impossible. That it's never too late for him to turn it all around. If you will just place control over your life, over your emotions, into his hands. Let's pray today. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. Lord, we, I, we stop and I pray, Lord, this is a big area of life for us. Because, Lord, emotions are a part of every stage of life from when we're young to when we're old. And I pray today that we would not be mastered by our emotions. We wouldn't be mastered by what we feel. We wouldn't be pursuers of what is true for us. But instead, we would yield to you. We would surrender to you. And we would back up when emotions are, are out of control and we would just ask you, Holy Spirit, is this truth? Because you're here to guide me in all truth. Even when I don't know what to feel, even when I don't know how to function. And so I pray today that we would learn the art of the pause, of just pausing when everything that we're feeling is confusing and seems out of control and we're going in a, in a, in a wrong direction and we would just pause and say, is this true? And is what I'm feeling lining up with the word of God? God, I pray that we would understand your word isn't here to restrict us as much as it is to benefit us. And anything it's restricting us is dangerous and hurtful and detrimental to our life. And so for that person that's having a hard time following your word, I pray today that they would ask the opposite question. What good thing is the word of God keeping me from? Because it's nothing. But if we will follow your path, your word says, I came that you may have life and have it to the full, living for what really matters and is meaningful. So Lord, I pray today that today is a day of surrender. Today is a word, is a day of applying your word and applying filters so that we don't come to a place where we say, if only I had known. But instead, we say, because I knew. I put some filters in place and that made all the difference. It's in Jesus' name I pray. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.